Are you ready for the revolution? <laughs> Last week, we began to talk about how Sabbath is a way that God calls his people into freedom from slavery. We're continuing to talk about the freedom that God gives us of that which we've been enslaved to. Revolution kind of stuff. <laughs> Welcome back to Sabbath 101. My name is Alan, and I'm a campus minister for SFU and UVic in British Columbia. And I'm excited to welcome you once more to another discussion on God's wonderful gift of freedom that he gives through Sabbath. Sabbath 101 could be the most important course you take in university. A few weeks ago, I received this Facebook message from a student. Hi, Mr. Allen. I discovered something really freeing and want to share smiley emoji i have been looking to my grandparents for my daily bread and thus believing the lie that the greater my grades the greater their love as i reflect on that i realize that doesn't make a lot of sense and that's really freeing smiley emoji do you relate perhaps you're so caught up in your work your desire to get good grades that can't even see what you think your work, your grades, your performance at work will provide. Or perhaps it's not love that you think your work will provide, but something else, a stable career, a life without stress. Could go on, but I probably don't need to. The lies of what perfectionism and workaholism will provide for us are far too familiar for far too many of us. Perfectionism, the distorted relationship with the quality of our work and workaholism, the distorted relationship with the quantity of our work. Many of us know that we want freedom. We know that God wants us to honor him with our work and our rest. And yet when push comes to shove, the lies of workaholism and perfectionism are hard not to listen to. Why is that? And what does the path into freedom to worship God with our lives look like? Let's look to the people of Israel, because I think they might be able to help. Moses said, Eat the manna today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, and they found none. The Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? See, the Lord has given you a Sabbath. Therefore, the sixth day he gives you food for two days. Each of you stay where you are, and do not leave your place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Exodus 16, 25 to 30. Okay, so the Israelites are out of Egypt and they're now free from that nation of oppression, free from its gods, its workload, its slavery. They're free to enjoy the rest that God has for them through his Sabbath practice. They're free to worship him. So they try and some manage it and some don't. We see in this passage members of their community going to find the manna that God has gifted them, and it's not there. Are they trying to earn their bread, the miraculous gift? Are they just 
so ingrained uh, in the routine of running to look for the bread that they can't break the habit? We don't know. What we can say is that Yahweh has already told them that he'll provide for them on their Sabbath. But they go anyway to do the work of gathering. It's what they know. I think it's easy to read Yahweh's words at the end of this passage and get mad at the Israelites. Why can't you enjoy the good gift God has for you? Why are you so disobedient? Why are you so rebellious? Why don't you want this rest? But let's practice a bit of grace. This community has been enslaved for over 400 years. That's centuries of working seven days a week, centuries of living under the threat of oppression, threat of torture, or even death for considering to rest and take space and time to worship Yahweh. Imagine the generational pressure that would have built. Imagine the social pressure that they would have been under. Imagine the pressure parents would have had to put food on the table and to help their kids put food on their kids' table. Imagine the generational trauma. Besides, and think about this, these people are also traveling to a new land. They're not even there yet. So imagine what's going on through their heads. Oh, soon we're going to get to sit down roots. We're going to get to build homes. We're going to find reliable work to build new stable lives. The pressures of an immigrant community to provide for their own is enormous. These are barriers and pressure points that some of our families are familiar with, but that many of us have never had had to experience. The pressure points are many. And it's going to take time for them to heal. But Sabbath can help. As John Walton, an Old Testament scholar, says, on the Sabbath, we are to set aside our own attempts to bring order to our world by our own efforts. God is the source and center of our order. Workaholism and perfectionism are our attempts to bring order to our world. But God wants us to partner with him and rest. God wants freedom for his community. How do you try to control and order your world around you. Most of us know how destructive the brokenness of workaholism and perfectionism and their cousins sloth and procrastination are. There's not many of us who would say that any of those things are good. What I would like to do in the final moments of this episode is help you go in grace for yourself and for each other by helping you see some of the larger picture of why these things still continue to enthrall us. Because like the Israelites, there's things beyond ourselves influencing why we choose to rebel from obeying God's call to cease, rest, and delight in him. In receiving grace and understanding, perhaps we can move forward and practice rest this week. So to move forward, we need to understand this thing called the Protestant work ethic. Whether you grew up in the church or have never even entered a church community, you've probably been influenced by this worldview. 
because it's what makes Western capitalism great. The Protestant work ethic was popular in Europe before the European settlers came to colonize the Americas, but in North America it flourished. It's what made our empires great. In short, this is how the ethic works. Hard work is a sign of goodness, and laziness is worthy of damnation. In this worldview, hard work brings you economic, social, spiritual, moral, and physical success. So why would you do anything to compromise your work or limit it? The communities, the systems we follow, the leaders we watch are so influenced by this ethic that often we don't even see the ways it mislead us. But it does. You see, by overvaluing work and drivenness, the ethic leads to rest being confused with laziness. By adding a spiritual and moral value on our hard work, what happens is that we begin to make an idol out of our work. Perfectionism, productivity, and workaholism becomes the way we worship the idol. And finally, this work ethic leads us to place a spiritual and moral judgment on those who cannot work, are without work, or who live below uh, the poverty line. They become less than human, less virtuous, less spiritual, less human. The ethic has lied to us, it has wounded us, and it has enslaved us. And we have whole generations listening to its lies. Like the student I mentioned above, we're longing to, to be free from the ways our values and our worth have gotten bound into how good our grades are, or how many hours we work, or how prepared we are to enter into the workplace, or how many co-ops we've been applied to. We need freedom. Our friends need freedom. It's going to take time to entangle, and a lot of prayer. As we move towards our goal of practicing a whole 24-hour day of Sabbath, you might notice a change in how we begin to talk about Sabbath. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be moving from the individual to the collective and from the micro to the macro. Today, we talked about the realities of the Protestant work ethic. Often, what gets missed in these conversations is that we use the same work ethic to enslave others. You see, our workaholism has led us to not just be enslaved to our work, but to enslave others, even kids, to work on our behalf. So, this week, we're going to continue practicing an eight-hour Sabbath like we did last week. But also, I'm going to invite you to enjoy something really sweet. I know, that might sound really weird, so let me explain. So, a few weeks ago, we mentioned how we don't work to earn our Sabbath, and how Sabbath isn't just a day off from work. So one of the ways we move into a more fuller practice of Sabbath is by beginning to learn how to find true delight in God's provision. And true delight in God's provision will not enslave another person. So in that vein of practicing Sabbath, I'm going to invite you to go and enjoy some really good chocolate on your Sabbath. I know, a little strange. Let me explain why we're going to eat some chocolate. Because we're not going to have just any chocolate. This week, I'm going to invite you to go and enjoy some chocolate that has some UTZ, Rainforest Alliance, and Fairtrade logos. Do you know that child labor is actually one of the key impetuses for the chocolate industry? And yet, we often blindly consume our sweets 
uh, without knowing how we're contribu contributing to this incredibly unjust industry. If we're going to stop practicing, practicing perfectionism and workaholism, then we also have to stop supporting the industries that sin against other people by enslaving them to work for us. Now, I could have gotten us to do multiple products, but we're going to start this practice just with chocolate, because something that's common to a lot of us. My second invitation this week is to invite you to change the way you pray about your work. So instead of asking God to help you finish your work, let's turn to asking God to help us be content with our work. Instead of asking God to help us do good on that exam, let's ask God to help us be content with whatever grades we have and to use our studying for his glory. Instead of asking God to let us work harder, let's ask God to make our work meaningful. This has been Sabbath 101, the most important course you might take in university. May Yahweh free us all from the bondage to perfectionism and workaholism this week.